Hello and welcome to another episode of Tell Great Stories, the podcast that looks back at some of Unbound Theatre's past projects and productions. This episode revisits Unbound's very first pantomime, which was Beauty and the Beast, and it was performed in 2015. My name is Steve Davis, and I was part of the cast, playing the part of Gertrude. I'm joined by some of my fellow castmates and our wonderful director. If you'd all like to introduce yourselves... Hello, I'm Erica, and I'm the director. Hello, I'm Ben, and I played the Beast. Hello, I'm Jenna, and I played Rosalind. Hi, I'm Georgina, I played Ariadne, the Beast's maid. Hi, I'm Mimi, and I played Wilhelmina, the Wigmaker. Thank you. Now, to start us off, Erica, could you tell us a little bit about the show, and how it was directing a big cast with a classic, much-loved story? Oh, okay. Um, so I think my involvement with it sort of first began, I think it was possibly um, about two years before we actually um, produced the show. And it was uh, just after the pantomime that was done in probably 2013. I think Sarah Lewis, the artistic director, approached me and said, you know, would I still like to be involved? And how did I fancy directing? And so the, the concept for the show was, was brewing for some time. And then I think it was during the summer of probably 2013 um, that um, what happened was uh, we got together with, uh, I got together with Dario and we started talking about the story. And I said that I wanted to do Beauty and the Beast because it was one of my, basically it was one of my favourite Disney films when I was growing up and I loved it. Um, so it was a story that I felt um, sort of very attached to and I wanted to do a new retelling of that story and I remember in some of the very very early production meetings uh, I said to Dario that I wanted it to be big I wanted it to be very very romantic and I wanted it to be as ambitious theatrically as we could um, on the stage of the limelight, which is, uh, you know, it's a small 24 by 20 black box theatre. So I, I had that in my head that I wanted it to be as big a spectacle as possible. And um, as is probably going to be mentioned later on, as we, we talk through it, um, I do love me musicals, um, especially, <laughs> <laughs> especially sort of Phantom and Les Miserables with their, you know, sort of big theatrical set pieces which may or may not have had an influence over some of bits of the set and the design and the concept <laughs> of the show <laughs> Every, the rest of the cast are kind of like nodding their heads now yes. and doing that very kind of shaky <laughs> i've probably traumatized you all by just mentioning that at the moment um so it, it was and i wanted a big cast and we had 14 principal actors we had then had um, a chorus of um, adults and then we had the junior chorus, which was also split into seniors and juniors, of dancers as well. So I think on total on stage, we had something like 24 or 25 people on stage, um, which was pretty epic and not scary in the slightest <laughs> at all. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's sort of where the concept of the show came from. And uh, 
directing the cast was was wonderful because I just felt such such support and camaraderie from every single person who was involved in that. Everyone was just utterly committed to the story that we were trying to tell 100%. And I couldn't have done it without everyone smiling and nodding and going, okay, yeah, this is ambitious. This is possibly ridiculous, Erica, when you say the things that you envisage on stage, but we believe in you and we're going to go with it. Um, which as a director is just amazing and being able to tell that story with other people and also the little twists, the other little versions that we that we tried to create with that as well. Um, so as much as I love the Disney version, no, I didn't want to tell that version of the story. So Dario brought to it lots and lots of, you know, new ways of telling a very, very uh, tale as old as time. Disney don't sue us um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it is a very very sort of classic classic romantic big story that I wanted to tell and it was just marvellous being able to work with everyone on that thank you thank you for that now a question for the cast how did each of you get involved in the production and what was your reaction upon reading the script uh, or finding out about your character for the very first time Jenna how about you? So I got involved with uh, this pantomime when I was in, so I was in Dick Whittington mm -hmm. the year before and I'd played the cat and I just remember Tommy the cat <laughs> and having the absolute best time. And, you know, it was just like Erica says, the, the camaraderie with everyone and everyone was so committed to actually getting, getting it right and, mm -hmm. you know, doing a really good job and, I just thought I'm going to go into it. I love Beauty and the Beast. So I thought, why not go and try? And uh, I remember reading the script and thinking it was really clever. And I liked that it wasn't the Disney version. I quite liked that it was something different. It's fabulous. Mimi? Well, um, you're actually to blame for me getting involved because we were in a production of Into the Woods together and it was my first ever Amdram. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned that you were coming to audition for this show and I thought it sounded amazing. So I was like, mind if I tag along? <laughs> and you didn't mind, thankfully. So I did tag along. I didn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I fell in love with the show in the audition and I was like, I really, really want to be in the show. And then mm -hmm. there was a massive mishap where the email went out casting people and my, my email was mistyped, so I thought I wasn't in the show. <laughs> I, I, remem I remember calling you because we yeah. hadn't heard back from you and it was like, what's going on? And I think you were in rehearsals with somebody else and it was like, mm, she hasn't heard. And it was like, no, she's definitely in it. We really want her to be in it. Yeah, and I, I grabbed out my phone and I remember, I, remember I, was, I was in my car in a car park calling you and I go, hi, it's Erica. Do you, would you like to be involved and <laughs> and I was like yes please <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and yeah I read the script and I loved my role especially because it was something I'd not really seen much in pantomime which is that she got a whole redemption arc which was awesome to play I had so yeah. much fun with that part because we did with your character in particular we kind of did that tricky thing of you know are you going to be the villain or are you yes. going to be a secondary villain and then as you say the whole redemption arc which is again it just comes down to there was so much plot going on in that show yeah. as well oh it was so much fun georgie how about you um well i had been uh, doing a lot of amdram 
around kind of bucks at the time. I had also, since I was actually very young, uh, been involved with QPC and drama. So I'd been doing the drama with the children on the Wednesdays, and then I graduated to the adults. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was having a jolly good time with that. Um, and then right in the year of my my final year of school, actually, so I was doing my A-levels, and I thought, you know what would be a great idea as I'm doing all these uni applications and <laughs> everything else? I thought, why not do a pantomime? Mm, um, yes. So, and it was the best idea ever. It was such good fun. And, you know, I know it's been said already, but it was just such a lovely atmosphere of the cast, the crew, everything was just, you know, so much fun to be involved with. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also, you know, my character Ariadne, I remember in the audition, uh, it was one of the audition pieces that we were reading the scripts for, and we also did a bit of the song. And I remember specifically singing that part of the song, and I just went, "If I don't get this character, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> I need this." Um, it was really you kept, emotional. You've kept that quiet for five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just because I think the lovely thing about Ariadne, she's very um, uh, if, to take a kind of Les Misérables character, she's very eponine kind of character that kind of. Yeah. You know, she she loves she loves the beast, but the beast doesn't love her, and it's never mm-hmm. going to be. And she does know that on one level, but she still can't stop hoping. Um, and that was just such a it was such a beautiful storyline, but also it was lovely that she wasn't then turned into somebody who was antagonistic with Rosalind. Um, I think so many times female characters who have a, a you know a common love interest it can turn into quite a catty kind of thing, and there was no there was never that you know Ariadne and Rosalind's relationship as well was. Such a lovely one. So it was a real joy to play. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the beautiful things about Ariadne was the fact that with, with, with her journey, um, she kind of took it on board that she loved the beast so much that she genuinely wanted him to be happy. And she saw that it wasn't going to be mm. with her. And so she decides to help Rosalind yeah. and the beast get together at, at the end, which again yeah. was, it was just beautiful. Yeah, and there's there's a line in her song. She says, "Help me make him human again." You really get that sense of, you know, she she's doing this just because she she can see the the kind of inner beauty of the beast almost, and she just wants mm. that to kind of shine through and and be seen by others. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally, Ben, coming to you. Yeah, so I work with Erica um, <laughs> in London, and so I I, 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 I blame, she's already laughing. Um, and I just remember all of the Saturdays when we were working together, the lunch breaks were spent just, and probably the rest of the day as well, spent talking about her upcoming pantomime. Um, and I wasn't going to go for it originally. I just sort of liked listening in because I thought, oh, I don't want to go and not get anything and then be very silent with Erica the next Saturday. Uh, <laughs> but then it was it was great. I um, was originally going for Percy, uh, which was the the Buttons character. That's that's what I persuaded you to come along for. I, I was trying to persuade you to come along and do the Buttons-type character, yeah. wasn't I? And I remember uh, even now the journey there, and there was a lot of traffic, and I was sitting panicking and also trying to get off script. Um, because I'm not very good at planning ahead, um, which hasn't changed. But um, we we got there, um, did did the audition, read in for Percy, but then also read in for the Beast, uh, which was the part that eventually I went for, and I loved it. It was the opening line of where the Beast lives. So on the audition day, I was just in the other room shouting um, at whoever was going for Barty. So yeah, I fell in love with the role. 
Um, <laughs> and it was, yeah, half of it was spent shouting. So I loved it. Really hammy and great. <laughs> Dario and I were actually sitting in the theatre and I think we were either on a, a quick break while other people who were auditioning were kind of going through their scripts and stuff. And we heard you. We heard you like down the corridor and we just heard <laughs> this immense, deep, passionate growling roar and these lines being bellowed down the corridor that slightly echoed in the theatre and I just remember Daria and I just like turned to each other with a raised eyebrow and went who is that I went is that Ben I was like we both immediately started scribbling and it was like um so Ben would you like to to read for the beast (laughs) yeah but yeah it was that I just remember that one moment in the auditions where this this voice just kind of carried itself down the corridor and I just remember Daria and I looking at each other and going my God, I think we found our beast. This is brilliant. <laughs> well, let's stay with you, Ben. Um, those that saw the show, or even the production photos, will know that the beast was a, actually a puppeteering role. Tell us about how the puppetry worked and what the rehearsal process was like. How did you find it? Um, quite difficult. Uh, my arm still hurts. Um, <laughs> in huge muscles. Still about it. Yeah, in the, in the early rehearsals, I remember we used a prototype puppet, which was a large block of blue foam. Um, and I, yes, it was up on on my right arm, and it was holding it up at head height because Eric had yeah. explained, and I was confused until I saw the full setup how the beast was going to look which was I wore a glove on the left hand with fur on and the costume was. And the idea was the audience would forget that my actual face was there and focus on the beast's head. I think, um, I think everyone was confused when I tried to explain how Leo was going <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it was the tricky bit was trying to get it to face out to the audience. And I remember Erica over and over saying, make it face the audience. And I was going, but I'm looking at this character. Um, but then I think she said, think of Sesame Street um, and the style of puppetry where it has to look out because otherwise you're seeing half of the head. So it, it took a little while. And I remember like the mouth movement of the prototype was quite stiff. So he was sort of mumbling all of his lines <laughs> that I was saying. Um, <laughs> but I remember seeing the actual puppet um, that John North made, uh, John and Angela. And it was fantastic seeing it on the first day. We sort of saw bits getting put together and then the teeth being put in and mm. putting it on. And while it was very heavy, I said, okay, this is quite comfortable. <laughs> the mouth moved perfectly. Um, so, yeah, it was a great experience. And, yeah, I've loved puppetry since. Fabulous. We started rehearsing before the rest of the cast came in it was it was you and I and I think I really put you through your paces I even I think I even dug up some animal work workshops that I'd done at drama school (laughs) um that were that were there to just kind of give you a little nudge and it was like right we do not speak of this again because yeah animal work is is yeah anyway um And then we also did we also did a lot of mask work, which was that technique of where in order to tell the story, you encourage the mask to to face the audience because if you, as Ben said, if you're if you're turning away, and you only get half of it, you 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 don't get the emotion, you don't get to tell the story. So I was constantly telling Ben, you know, play to the audience, to clock the audience, turn him back out to the look at the character, and then gesture to the character that you're talking to, and then turn him back out, and it. 
in some ways at first I suppose it must be a very disjointed way of working and, and rehearsing because your instinct as an actor is to want to engage with the other people and you're kind of having to opt to this distance but at the same time once you got that technique watching it from the outside was was just beautiful especially when you were working you know with the other characters on the stage. Well Jenna and Georgia you have the most scenes working with Ben and therefore Leo the puppet how did you find the process of learning to act with someone who's puppeteering? What was the most challenging aspect of it and what was the most rewarding? Well, it was just, I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful puppet uh, to start mm. off. I think, I mean, I, I would repeat almost what Ben said with the fact that when it was the blue kind of foam head that we had at the start, it was quite hard because, it, you know, you're, you're acting against something that doesn't really have a proper face. It, it, mm. it doesn't have emotion in the same way that a human face does. So it's very new. Um, but as soon as actually the, the kind of the fur was on it and, and the eyes, I think, in particular, mm. these lovely, lovely mm. go- golden eyes. Um, <laughs> I, re- I really method acted as Ariadne in Love with the Beast. <laughs> but, but it was much then, then it was much easier because suddenly there was emotion in, in, in the kind of the beast face. Um, and and yeah, so it was it was really rewarding because it was something very new. Um I did get shouted at a lot by the Beast, um, to be fair. <laughs> um, wasn't a very good maid, apparently. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I did love it. Yeah. yeah, so I'd say one of my main struggles was not looking at Ben and looking at Leo. Right. Which, before Leo was together, was quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, I'm falling in love with and waltzing with an inanimate object Mm -hmm. at this point (laughs) Um, but as Georgie says when it's all together and he was all uh, you know all ready and it looked amazing it just made it so much easier and it was Mm -hmm. nice to tell that story and for the audience to experience that with us so you sort of really felt like you were in it Um, but yeah it was different but I really really enjoyed it Mm. for the audience to buy into the magic absolutely Mm. yeah I think one of my favourite production photos is from the waltz and you were there and you were just literally just gazing straight into Leo's eyes. Yeah. And it's I just... fell in love with that puppet. It's, it's... <laughs> I really did. I fell in love with it. But it's <laughs> want to take it home. But it's beautiful because, you know, as we've said, if you guys don't if you guys don't believe it, then the audience need need that to to, yeah. to go along with it. And, you know, I've I've probably said this at the time, but if, if Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia can emote with a, a tennis ball at being the destruction of her home planet, then you guys can work with a piece of blue foam and fall in love with it. A beautiful tennis ball. With, with, the, with the pictures after the show, I loved one from the waltz, which is Jenna is gazing lovingly into Leo's eyes and my head's just sort of in the background, awkwardly, <laughs> awkwardly being a third wheel. Just third wheeling us. Uh, I thought you were about to talk about the production photos from behind the scenes where we've got pictures of Leo's head with a cupcake in front of it and hats on it. (laughs) Now, uh, cast, there's a question that your director would like to ask you personally. Erica? Yes, I've touched on this before, but yes, there, there was one particular scene that sort of filled everyone with, with hope and, and passion. And, um, yeah, anyway, the Act One finale, which is... Possible. <laughs> oh. 
just have that moment of everyone's either inner groans or you know <laughs> re-experiencing their trauma um so yeah <laughs> i know from my point of view it was something that i dearly dearly wanted to be able to bring out on stage and every single time it made me cry just how wonderful everyone put their all into it um but yeah, I was probably a bit obsessed with that scene. And so, what was it like from what was it like from your perspective? I'm going to shut up for a bit, actually, and just let you guys get on with it. <laughs> Who's going to go first? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think it was just because it is, it's it's a, a song that really crescendos. So you start off very kind of quiet with the beast, and he's very introspective, and he's brooding because Rosalind has left him. Um, and so you get that really emotional bit and it then starts to build and build and build and you get Rosalind coming in, you get my character coming in um, and and so on and so forth. But I think for me, that last bit where the whole cast is singing together, like it, it, it it's not like being hit by a wall of sound, it's like being inside the wall of sound. And I just thought that was, it was such a cool kind of moment. I love that moment where you're all just kind of singing together and it's, yeah. It's fantastic, yeah. So, I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, I'm a big Les Mis fan myself, so the inspiration mm. did not upset me one bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, the way I describe it is that I loved that finale. It did not love me. And the reason I say this <laughs> is because um, there's a bit of choreography that we um, we, we borrowed from Les Mis, which is the uh, lovely <laughs> bit at the end where everybody marches forwards and backwards and it looks very, very cool. Now, the problem for me is that I was on top of this very narrow set of steps. (laughs) (laughs) The amount of times I almost fell on the children beneath me. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly added a lot of tension to that scene for me, but I loved it. Yeah, I must say, I absolutely loved it. I loved the end result when we had it all together. It was amazing. And I remember myself and Chris, who played my dad, trying to keep ourselves in sync with everybody else. <laughs> so trying to keep up the same timings. Uh, but once we got past that, it was amazing. I look back on it fondly. They were not easy lines to sing. No. But you all got to grips with them really, really well. It actually yeah. felt like uh, you were actually in a big theatre even though Queen's Park Centre yeah. is a small theatre it just felt that this was it had a grandeur to it yeah definitely yeah I remember um my arm hurting wasn't enough for Erica <laughs> so I spent the entirety of the song on one knee on a very very solid ground um which was an experience um I I loved I loved the singing in that uh, I, I loved the whole bit because again it was lame is and I remember talking to Steve and the inspiration from one day more uh Steve was saying he loves how each time someone joins in in that song it's them sort of taking over and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and crescendos right at the end um and I'll add this because I was talking with Steve about singing technique and it's taken five years but you were right on you shouldn't hold that note very long just do a very short note um (laughs) which which i didn't do but in hindsight yes that that probably was good advice um but yeah the the whole sequence was great i loved it and it only took five years (laughs) um uh, that's a question for all of you uh what are the moments that stick out most from the show 
uh, whether it be in rehearsals or live performances. Oh, I have an easy one for this. Um, mm-hmm. I turned 21 in this show, oh, and yeah. some people oh. decided to organise a special <laughs> surprise for me on my birthday. <laughs> 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 Um, basically, there was a gag involving uh, cream pies. Uh, we had two very funny police officers who would have this whole skit where they would pretend they were going to pie the audience and then they pie each other in the face and it was very fun. And on my birthday, they decided to switch things up. Not that I was aware of this. Um, I was <laughs> headed backstage to our main backstage area. I can't remember who it was that grabbed me. Somebody grabbed me and said, no, 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 you need to go on. And I was like, what? But my next cue's not for ages. So I was already a little bit alarmed. And then I heard the voices of Steve and Malk on stage and I was very alarmed. (laughs) (laughs) And then I walked on and they both had pies in their hands and I was like, well, I think I know where this is going to (laughs) go. Meanwhile, all of us backstage just giggling to ourselves. We were in on it. (laughs) I mean, the nice thing was is that they got the audience to sing me happy birthday first, which was very sweet. And then they pied Mm. me in the face. Oh, yes. Very memorable 21st birthday. I also have this vivid memory of running off afterwards, like still laughing and having to very quickly like remove all traces of pie from my face because immediately afterwards was the act from finale. And if I was was going to fall off the steps without the pie in my face, then God help me with it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the thing that almost almost doesn't stand out because I, I think I've almost blocked it from my memory. It was so traumatic. Um, but I had the honour of, of the kind of it's behind you scene. So like Panto Classic. Mm. And I remember Erica talking to me about it because I was terrified of this scene. Um, it was basically a whole lot of improv with the audience. Uh, I'd never done it before. And um yeah, I'm pretty sure I've blocked it from my memory because I'm trying. I was, I was trying to think of some of the responses I got from the audience. I can't for the life of me remember because I think I every single night I did it in a bit of a white haze of just kind of like ah. <laughs> uh, but it was. But at the same time, it was you know it was really really fun to kind of do something completely different to anything I'd done before. And I think as the as the shows went on, I got more into it and 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 had a little bit more fun with it. I had I relaxed a bit more. Um, as I went through but that's definitely one of the things that I, I remember doing a lot and, and spending a lot of time thinking about and, and trying to perfect because mm. it was such a switch as well for my character my character in that first act is very much a serious character and mm. then she, she does lighten up as part of her arc almost and she meets the Buttons character and, and they fall in love as well um, so that was kind of the start of my more comic role in, in, in the show so it was always a bit of a kind of gear change in my head but um, yeah that was yes. that was really fun another thing I also remember Mimi is us doing our warm-ups out, out the yes. back and getting some some person some people yeah. <laughs> yelling over the fence at us for singing that was yeah. really good thanks random yeah. stranger <laughs> really appreciated that one <laughs> yeah I think one moment that really stands out for me was uh, mine and Ben's waltz so I remember the first day first day ever of rehearsals coming in and being told right you're gonna waltz together and I was like okay hi I'm Jenna let's waltz (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is really good Um, and I remember my quick change straight before the waltz where Georgie would 
help me. We'd go behind the scenes, quickly get out of my outfit and put on my beautiful dress. Oh, I loved oh, that my was a dress. beautiful dress. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but I do remember the panic of, oh my God, the music is starting, let's go. <laughs> you are, then, you're walking on stage. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, just trying to get that waltz right whilst also Ben, bless him, puppeteering and trying to do so many things at once. But I, once we'd got it down, absolutely loved it. Yeah, I often yeah watched, one of the best. I often watched that scene from behind the wings because I would be coming on in the next scene. And it was always just such yeah. a lovely moment of like calm um, yeah. right in the middle of, of the production. It was beautiful. Mm. And I will say one other thing is the rose petals towards the end <laughs> it was hit or miss there was either petals or there wasn't <laughs> and I would sort of just lay there and kind of peek out and think are these are these petals falling am I <laughs> is this happening okay yes it's happening okay <laughs> yeah the one I remember following from that is um on the performance where it was a miss uh, and the petals didn't come down <laughs> I sort of just got up and it was quite underwhelming. <laughs> like, the magical effect of um, him coming back to human. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I remember catching your gaze and I was like, this is awkward. <laughs> it's like, carry on, it's fine. Aside from that, there was one of the performances um, and I think it was, I was talking with Rosalind, uh, so Jenna at the time, and I had to do a shouting bit again. And there was a pause yeah. and suddenly I hear crying of a child in the audience. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and I'm very I'm very awkwardly just looking at dinner. Oh dear. Um I'm trying my hardest not to laugh that, when I was like, oh my god. That's what that's what pantomimes are all about really for the family. Is the kids yeah. crying. Scaring it's children. that booming voice of yours. That booming voice from the audition. Oh. And the and the, the the other bit that sticks in my memory is um it annoyed Mimi quite a lot. Uh, is me doing my hair before going on stage and she she kept saying it's like it's almost our cue and I said I'm not ready yet I've got to stand up and <laughs> Ben was like look I'm becoming human and they're going to look at my hair for the first time in this entire show <laughs> oh, Erica any standout moments for you Oh, just, I lived with it in my head for like two years and then to see it come oh. to life every <laughs> single night was amazing. It every it affected me every single time. So many, so many things from right the first rehearsals, from meeting everyone, um, from explaining the what it was going to be like to the little moments in rehearsals. And it, it's things like, for some weird things, I've got memories in my head of um, trying to get the timing right on a really specific gag of someone chucking a ring mm -hmm. in a doorway. <laughs> was that you, Jenna? <laughs> was that... I, I don't think that was me, but I do remember. I don't remember if it was. Was that policeman characters? I think it yeah, was. I think it would have been, yeah. Uh, that uh, reminded me of something, though, which is I remember the one time in rehearsals that I walked through the door and he almost came with me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. And um, and I think, I know, honourable mention, Steve, you're here as well. So uh, the slapstick scene with you <laughs> and Malk, um, I mean, to be able to work with you and Malk was just a gift. And the the slapstick scene in particular was was pretty amazing with with both of you and all the gags that you were able to put in um mm -hmm. and i and i think also if you're going sort of outside the rehearsal room outside the production as well 
my presence on the last show, which was a flash mob version of One Day More, when yeah. everyone came in. Uh, we were in the bar afterwards and mm -hmm. someone just started playing the music and then someone stood up and started singing and then everyone else started and the in the entire cast had, had done this I didn't have a clue at all and there's a video I think and then my face is just <laughs> it must be a picture because I was very very overwhelmed um yeah however I can probably also be very very overwhelmed by emotion because um I didn't know it at the time but I was also pregnant so you know lots of emotions going on mm. at the time <laughs> lots of lots of hormones and everything. That's why I'm blaming it on. There we are. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember swinging the red flag from the top of the balcony. Yeah. I also <laughs> remember you swinging yeah. the red flag from the top of the balcony because it hit me in the face. <laughs> well, I also remember that uh, flash mob uh, homage. Um, but what I remember about it was uh, initially it was it was just because we knew you liked uh, one day more. Uh, but I do remember that as we were singing it about halfway through, and it was simply because I think the show had come together so well that it just felt very, very appropriate what we were doing. Yeah. Mm. Rather than just being gratuitous, it just felt right, as if almost mm. as if it had been part of the show itself. That's what I felt. Yeah. 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 Now, um,. In these podcasts, we often chat to people who are in the midst of working for Unbound on different projects. So it's brilliant to catch up with a group who've been part of the company and then gone on to new adventures. Uh, tell us the story of what happened next for you all when Beauty and the Beast ended. Ben? Um, so I carried on doing shows. Beauty and the Beast was uh, my first one. And then mm -hmm. from there, I went and did Avenue Q, uh, which was yes, a musical. Did. And it was, oh, with, with Steve and Mimi uh, and it was uh, a, a puppetry show because I didn't want to be typecast um, <laughs> so I went on and did those but I do remember I think the week after because um, we'd finished Beauty and the Beast and Erica was teaching a class on the Tuesday evenings and then I think about half the cast all showed up on the Tuesday to uh, as a surprise for one of the workshop nights um, but aside from that, yeah, carried on doing musical theatre and I'm going to be starting at drama school in May. And Yay! it's really QPC where it started. Well Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I went after. And Trenna? So sadly, Beauty and the Beast was my last performance. Um, oh. I was studying, I know, I was studying in college at the time Um and things just got quite busy mm -hmm. and I was studying so I was studying to become a beauty therapist which mm -hmm. I've been doing for five or six years now which was great and I've recently just moved all the way to South Sea so oh. I'm a bit further away now but I yeah one day I'd like to get back into it mm -hmm. um, but yeah it was such a great show to kind of not end on, but have as my last one. Um, <laughs> I just Your think it's song. yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think it's really sort of shown me if I do go back into it, what it's like to kind of have that that friendship and that background sort of support was lovely. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but I'm over here now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Georgie. Uh, well, similar to Jenna in some ways, I am 
now further afield so I'm actually based in Birmingham nowadays and I actually have become a teacher of English and drama so um, yeah so I've kind of carried my legacy in drama to teaching young ones now and they're very um I teach in a boys school and uh, my god they (laughs) it's hard to connect them to their emotions but I think it's it's one of the few creative subjects that they have at school I mean I as a teacher I I struggle not to talk about teaching so um, I'm going to try and keep this brief but um it's just it's lovely to be able to teach a subject that really does allow them to uh experience life in a different way to to kind of experience themselves in a different way in a different Mm. format Mm. um and I definitely credit a lot of the learning I did with Unbound Theatre with with QPC with Erica as Mm. as director with the cast to how Mm. I can now approach that with with the boys so I think that's something that's really 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 special actually and maybe yeah, so I would actually consider doing Beauty and the Beast was like a massive turning point for me. Somewhere in the middle of that production, I think it was, I went, what if I did this as a career? Mm-hmm. And so at that point, um, <laughs> I began uh, sort of working towards that. I ended up training in London in musical theatre. I graduated mm-hmm. in 2018, I want to say it was. I've got no concept of time anymore. And then mm-hmm. for 2019, <laughs> I did a bunch of touring, children's theatre and lots and lots of pantomime. Hey. So hey. Uh, this was my first panto, but it was not my last. And I've had mm-hmm. such a joy doing that. And I credit a lot of the skills that I've used professionally now were ones that I learned doing mm. this show, which is really mm-hmm. magic and really cool. And uh, these days I also do some voice acting. So that's really fun. Fabulous. And Erica, what about you? Oh, I'm. I live at QPC in a cupboard, and they wheel me out every now and then. Are you with Leo? Yeah, with Leo. Yeah. yeah. In fact, no. We did an anniversary show back in 2019, and um, yes, Leo was there. They brought Leo out of retirement, oh. and um, I got to do a little speech. And every time, I didn't know he was going to be on the set, and I remember walking out and seeing Leo, and I had a little bit of a moment when and I had to give him a little kiss um, and then that kind of <laughs> that kind of became a bit of the show because I was talking about memory and theatre and telling stories and stuff um, so I've been doing I've been doing a lot with Unbound um, I'm still working with other companies as well uh, after Beauty and the Beast was actually when I started um, moving into uh, voice work um, so I've been doing that for about six years now and yeah so I do a lot of audio a lot of audio dramas um some audio books and narrations and video games um mm-hmm. as well as still um uh directing for Unbound and performing for Unbound as well so yeah and Steve what are you up to uh currently um working with Unbound <laughs> um on a, on this year's pantomime just to bring it all back full circle <laughs> Um, with uh, the lovely Erica directing. So uh, I'm writing the music for that. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you all for coming together after so long and talking about your memories of what was a fantastic show. And thank you to everyone listening in. For more episodes of Tell Great Stories and lots of other great audio and video content, head over to unboundtheatre.co.uk or look up at Unbound Theatre on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or SoundCloud. Mm-hmm.